We want to say shout out to our sponsors, Watchman Cigars, 1812 Barbecue, Blue Collar Cycle Shop, and Hookline and Heroes. Without you, this episode would not be possible. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's our take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, while you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from our blue-collar cycle bunkers right here in beautiful Charlotte area, North Carolina. We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to our starting lineup. First off, we're going to start off with Now You See Him, Now You Don't. It's Magic Man. Hey, everybody. Have you been drinking too much already? <laughs> two sips, too. <laughs> Just two sips. It's a high-gravity beer. <laughs> and we've got our producer, Brian. Hey, guys. I, of course, be your host, Biggin. And across the way is the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. But most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's honorable mention N95 Mask Salesman of the Year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old Mike number one. It's Mojo! I am uh, still in the search for toilet paper. I don't know about you guys, but it is, uh, it's, oh man, it's like finding, finding an honest woman at a strip club. You just can't find him at all. I've reverted to uh, taking the the paper and peeling it apart, the, the double ply, and making single ply of it. So, well, we're we're you know when I told my wife the other day she pulled the toilet uh, toilet spool off the you know off the spindle, and I'm like, there's enough meat on that bone for another wipe. So you know, you start peeling the cardboard back there. You go. <laughs> anyway, appreciate you guys tuning in uh, to the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find us there at uh, Southern Fry Philosophy. Just go in and hit subscribe. Um, give us a review give us a rating we really appreciate uh, those who actually subscribe um, we can see our numbers increasing which we appreciate because everyone else has nothing to do unless you like to uh, garden in this what we call in the south our most favorite time of the year where we have the uh, yellow powder that's sitting on the uh, everywhere pretty much you walk outside and mm-hmm. it's like uh, tony montana uh, his his wet dream if it was yellow coquina <laughs> <laughs> anyway, appreciate you guys uh, going there and doing that. Also, you can find us on our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. Also, our Facebook page at Southern Fry Philosophy. Twitter's and Instagram at SFP Radio. Also, uh, when we get back up and started and, you, and you'd like to donate to the show, you can also go to our Patreon link at patreon.com forward slash SFP Radio. And actually, I think Magic Man has us up on the YouTubes tonight on youtube.com forward slash SFP Radio. And no, we're actually, uh, one interesting note that we're going to say is next week, we're hoping to show everyone our beautiful faces so that uh, you can see us on the Facebooks live, the YouTubes live, and uh, the Periscopes and all the Twitters and all that. Periscope. Uh, yeah, is that we're going, we're going Vine. MySpace. Vine. TikTok. Twitch. Yeah, we oh, could yeah. do all those things. Now, our show will only be 45 <laughs> seconds long on Vine, but, you know, whatever. Um, some people wish that it was only 45 seconds. Um, so, there's that. We want to say shout-out to our listeners from all across the world. We are now officially coast-to-coast. So, from Carolina to California, we want to say thank you. Thank you for, thank you for tuning in to Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. 
Guys, I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week. Hey, y'all be darn. Producer Brian, start us off. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm still alive after the uh, produce bag <laughs> incident last week. <laughs> now, you got in trouble for that, didn't you? Uh, a little bit. And uh, it's funny as uh, Uncle Leon reached out to me Monday morning, checking in on me, make sure I was Ooh. still breathing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was... Uh, uh, it's in passing wow. mentioned to my wife the situation with the produce bags and she was like you did what mm. like when when was this mm. like you know, at this point it was like four days prior to the conversation uh but she gave me some good advice which kind of blew my mind okay. you know it's, this is right up there when you told me to tear the sandwich apart and dip it in the sauce so that kind of that kind of moment you know okay um yeah. She's, you know, if your hands are too dry, just walk over to like the parsley and just like it's always wet, and touch everyone else's food before mm-hmm. and use the, you know, do that on the bag instead of uh, just. Uh, your why don't you just go uh, dip your hands in the watercress yeah, yeah. or microgreens? Nobody eats that crap anyway. So, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the Brussels sprouts was left on the uh, <laughs> the shelf? <laughs> I got gotcha. you. I love that, but yeah, microgreens, kale. Yeah, kale. Who likes those people eat kale? So. Oh yeah, kale. That's I'm gonna touch the kale. That's that's it right there because that stuff's garbage. Don't eat yeah. kale's gross. Well, let's not forget also that, like you know, at the grocery store they get the the the, the sound of thunder coming and you're like, oh no, here it comes, and then the little sprinkler comes on and it's acting like it's raining, so you can get yeah. your hands under there as well. Yeah, and then you know, do your thing. I always think of the uh, Garth Brooks song, "The Thunder Rolls." When uh, I hear that thunder sound in the produce section. <laughs> well, who doesn't? That's a normal uh, thing, right? I, I'm just making sure I wasn't weird. Yeah, sure. Um, Producer Brian, I, I saw a picture also I want to point okay. out of you with a Watchman cigar, um, some bourbon, oh. and a tablet of Tiger yeah, King on. Full, full disclosure, it wasn't a Watchman cigar. Okay. It was the All last right, of my uh, was the Kentucky the I forget what it's called. Oh yeah, it's the one that smells like uh, a barbecue. Um, the Kentucky yeah, Cure, or something, something like that. Like that. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty good cigar. It's not a Watchman, believe me, mm-hmm. but it's, it was the oldest one in my humidifier, so I took it out. But yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it was Monday night. I finished Tiger King on the <laughs> back porch with a little bit of bourbon and a cigar. Yeah. How was that? Well, Did you, you finish? I up? feel like I could have stopped after the first three episodes after watching the last four. So, <laughs> it's, to me, it, it stopped being interesting when they stopped, you know, when they stopped being ridiculous and everyone started getting mean. So, <laughs> well, I hear um, like IDTV or some other network is going to do the Carol Baskin story. So, it'll be kind of like the same thing. Just it'll be focused on her instead of yeah. Joe Exotic. So that should be interesting. I mean, that lady. Uh, Mojo, how you be doing? Listen, all you cool cats and kittens. Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, another day uh, of partial quarantine lockdown for me. I get to leave the house for 12 hours a day and come back for 12 hours. Lucky. Right, honey? And she's looking at me right now, <laughs> flipping me off. So, uh, yeah, I get to go to work, so that's mm-hmm. a good time. And uh, actually, I did have a Watchman cigar today and, uh, at the shop testing out because we're going to do our – we're going to 
partner up with Leon and hopefully cool. do our own blue collar blend here soon. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that'll, that'll be kind of cool upper game a little bit, but yeah, we're busy. Actually, believe it or not busy We're we're considered essential right now. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people out there, first responders. Yeah, by the way, I'll, let me take a second just to do it. Show show gratitude for our first responders, our nurses, and probably also very underappreciated is our truck drivers out there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's that's something I noticed because I I still travel. I got to go to Cincinnati Sunday, and um, it's one thing I notice in the mornings when I'm heading to work it, around set between seven and eight. It's just the rest areas are just packed. You know, not even the rest areas, but the off ramps and on ramps are are just packed with truckers trying to sleep. Just man, these guys are guys and gals right there, just you know, working overtime to get supplies to us. You know, so we can act like idiots and go try to buy up all the damn toilet paper when it hits the shelf and hoard it, which I still haven't Speaking figured out. Speaking of, somebody's backing up right in there. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I know, right. But uh, <laughs> well, my wife decided to cook, bake cookies. Normally, I'm the one who makes all the noise in the, when we're in the studio, but now my wife is. In charge of that tonight, so I've passed the torch. Let's not lie. It's a truck backing up that's full of toilet paper. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, there, there was a deal on uh, eBay that I, I, I did pick oh, up. But, uh, yeah, if, well, I mean, just think about the – I mean, we have – I have the luxury. I get to go in, seclude myself in my shop, work, work and tinker and handle phone calls and internet. But first responders, I mean, these guys and gals are on the front lines, and that's just – you know, pretty unbelievable what the, what they do every day. Just shows you. I mean, I've always appreciated healthcare workers, but man, I mean, it's amazing what they're having to do. What they're having to do. Maybe sure. maybe we'll dive into a little bit later. But um, yeah, I, I I have a lot of customers that are truck drivers right now. They can't even get off the road right now. They they're working seven days a week. A lot of a lot of cases trying to keep supplies. So hats off to those guys. Whoever listens, I know a lot a lot of truckers listen to podcasts and. Uh, so if you're a trucker out there, we'd love to hear from you, and uh, we yeah, we no do doubt. appreciate you guys. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a shameless plug of hey, if if you're a truck driver, we'd love to hear your story. We'd love to hear what's going on in the in in your world. Shoot us an email, uh, not while you're driving. That would be horrible. Mm. But shoot us an email at sfpradio at gmail dot com, and um, we'd love to have you on the show. Maybe we get some time and uh, hear you barreling down the highway, letting her eat, and talking to us. That'd be great. Um, I have to tell you guys, you, you mentioned, you know, getting, buying in bulk guys. I, I scoured the internet. I, you know how I get, I mean, let's be honest. I am, I can, I can take things to a whole nother level. And they started talking about these N95 masks. And now I'm like, Oh no, I got to find the masks. So I scour the interwebs trying to find these N95 masks. There's there's a website that says, hey, we're available. We've got some for sale. Now, mind you, they're a little bit pricey, but we're just going to let you know that they're available there for sale. Um, so Biggin hops on it and says, here we go. Uh, I bought 10, no, 20 N95 masks and like 20 of the blue surgical masks, you know, the ones that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not the N95, but they're the blue ones, medical grade. Y'all, I put in I put in my credit card information, and I ended up paying a hundred and forty three dollars for these masks. A hundred and forty three dollars. 
You, you know, you could have asked. I actually have some N95 masks and surgical masks here at the house. I could have given you guys for free. Well, hopefully, I, all I know is that hopefully, hopefully this isn't the same manufacturer who manufactures the Ninja Pillow. <laughs> Gentlemen, let me also continue with masks? my story of, of the fact <laughs> that it pulls up and it says, oh, you can track your shipment on the Arrive app, which is the same shipment that the Ninja Pillow is coming in on. Like, you son of a biscuit. And, but I look on there. And it says it's in New York. It's got a New York address. I'm like, okay, we're a little bit closer. Um, and then I do some more investigating, and it's a post office box. I'm like, oh, Lord. And I start freaking out. I call them. We're, we're available from the hours of four, uh, 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Wait, what? Who's open hmm. from 5 to 10 p.m.? Oh, no. So everything is, is indicating sketch. So I'm. Not our friend sketch, but this whole thing is sketchy. So I have to call USAA and be like, I need you to put a stop payment on this thing. I emailed them. I called them. I didn't get a response. Um, and then four days later, finally, I get a response of, yes, this is a legit company. We've been backed up and uh, we've canceled your order. I'm like, oh, son of a gun. Now I, now I don't have my mask coming. But at the end of the day, it was $143 for my masks. So I'm kind of glad plus, I pulled the plug on that. Plus the chargeback fee. Bit. There's no chargeback. I just call. I said I'm oh. disputing this with USAA. You know, I have I, to wonder that mm, evidently China got or had a bunch of those masks donated by Italy, and then they went and mm, tried to sell them back to Italy. I wonder if some of those masks you bought were the ones that were given to by Italy. <laughs> it could have been, but um, luckily. Uh, my dad found in his painting supplies uh, two extra masks. So there we go. We're saved. <laughs> did I did I over panic in $143 for about 20 masks or 40 masks? Just a bit. Well, I, I equate this to our Bitcoin purchase where we had the fear <laughs> of missing out. So, uh, yeah, I think that, that might have panned out the same thing. Yeah, I think maybe, so too. Maybe people, maybe people are making masks out of toilet paper. Maybe that's the reason why I have a rash. Uh, uh, people are just rushing to the stores for toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other part that I wanted to follow up on is um, uh, our healthy SFP, oh, at least for uh, my By the way, if you go to doesbigandhave.com, it has just been updated. Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Do, do I have masks? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Producer Brian, you've been trucking along with the keto diet. You're doing awesome. Um, I decided that if, if Corona is going to take me out, by God, I'm still going to have my biscuits and gravy. So I, uh, my wife made some biscuit and gravy. Producer Brian, I sent you uh, a picture of it. It looks uh, great. Gravy, it I'll looks say, great. It looks great. Well, yeah. We'll just say it, it looked great. It tasted wonderful, by the way. Um, but if if you come over to my house at some point and you see that the the mortar on the, the around the brick smells like uh, ba- uh, sausage, that probably could could be it because we reused it for to fill in the gaps of our brick. <clears throat> um, but a I will say, and I'm a proud. Mm. <laughs> Why is the squirrel licking the, the 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 bricks? I don't know. 
I will say that I am a proud parent when small batches, which is my foster daughter, her first bite of real adult food was the gravy. Um, so I'm very proud of that. Thank you. You're a good father. In true Southern form, I was like, well, you're going to try some gravy and it's going to be today. So she seemed to enjoy it. We got pictures of it. She's, she's enjoying the gravy. Then we've got the picture of my wife slapping my hand saying, don't do that. She doesn't need to eat, eat that now. I said, as a matter of fact, she does. So yeah, that was a good time. It's kind of like first communion in the Catholic church, right? Yeah, sure. It sure was. She had that. Well, see if you, maybe she'll be baptizing gravy. Oh, no, that's an idea. It won't be. It won't be my wife's gravy. I know that she'll be floating on top of that. <laughs> but um, anyway, also we want to hey, say. I have. Go ahead. I have a question. Do okay. how about the? Are you putting Bartle Skeet in her uh, bottle yet? And for the those that don't know what Bartle Skeet is, it's Mountain Dew. Oh, it's, it's what now? Bottle what? Bartle Skeet. B a r t l e s k e e t. Bartle Skeet. That's Mountain Dew. No, we're just going straight to. Never Bartle. heard of that. Bartle Skeet. Hey, <laughs> Bartle Skeet. I'm just kidding. I swear you make For it all you DSS sometimes. workers that are listening to <laughs> yeah. this, I was just joking. We are not and I can putting attest. bourbon. We are <laughs> yeah. not putting well, bourbon in, in her bottle. Biggin is a good dad. I can attest. <laughs> well, um, also, I want to say shout out to Kevin Stroud. Uh, gave us a, a shout out as well on his History of English podcast. We had him on last week. Um, thank you so much, Kevin, if you're listening. Appreciate that. So, um, again, it was awesome to have you on. Appreciate it. That was a that was um, a fun one thing interview. I wanted by the way. to talk about was have you guys seen? Yeah, it really was. I enjoyed it. Um, it was great. From a guy that doesn't understand still what a pronoun is, it was a little hard to follow. I'll be honest with you, because uh, mm-hmm. I failed. Um, you know, English one hundred and one. But overall, I thought it was interesting to hear the different takes of where where those words come from. And I keep, you know, we talked about it, that, that we're royalty, evidently, if we come from the South, that um, because we come from the Welsh and English kings, a dialect. What up, King? What up, King? If you're in the market for a high-quality cigar for a very reasonable price, you must check out our friends at Watchman Cigars. Watchman Cigars is a family-owned business that puts the customer first with the best customer service in the business. Watchman Cigars offers the Habano for a full spicy flavor, the Connecticut for a mild, easy-to-smoke option, and the Maduro for a strong, powerful experience. They even do specialty blends and partner with you to provide a custom, exclusive line just for you. Watchman Cigars has all your cigar needs. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Watchman Cigars 1991 or check out his new website, at watchmancigars.com or the sponsor section of our website. Um, have you guys seen these videos of the churches getting into the COVID game? <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen these videos? I've seen them. I yes. have not. Um, Producer Brian, I think you've got some clips of... Yeah, I have a little, little audio them, so... here for you. So there's a couple of okay. uh, yeah black churches who aren't... Well, they're not giving up. Let's put it that way. Corona 
that doesn't stop. It just that keeps going. <laughs> it's forty seven you know minutes long, by the way. I, I, I I'm kind of digging their sound compared to. Have you seen the clips of Kenneth Copeland? Oh, I think we've got Kenneth um, coming up. Oh boy, really? Okay. Is it- yeah, that's. Uh, I, I'm digging the uh, Corona songs. Like, that's the thing about black churches, yeah. man. They can ad lib any song. It's crazy. No matter what the doctor said, Dr. Jesus says difference. Come on. I say Corona be gonna. Corona be gonna. Corona be gonna. I'm looking at all these reports all over the world. You can't find no Purell. Can't get no sanitizer. No sanitizer. Find no TP. Lord help me, can't get no TP. Hey, don't want to be around nobody. Don't just sneeze. I'm looking. <laughs> and I love their the backup singers. They're like, oh, we're just going with it. We're just going to keep going. Oh, man. <laughs> I think I. Th- I, I think I've heard that bassist. I think he actually performed a couple soundtracks on uh, 1980s soft porn. So, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. See, Corona be gonna be gonna. <laughs> and uh, producer Brian, do you have Kenneth Copeland? Do you have, did you have that? No, one? I don't have Kenneth Copeland. What was that? Oh, I can man. get it. Hold on. I mean. Yeah, I sent it to uh, sent it to you earlier. Oh, did you? Oh, was this was this the uh, <clears throat> wind of God? The, yeah. Hold on. Yeah, just anyone who anyone who doesn't know Kenneth okay. Copeland, he is a mega televangelist, charlatan, snake oil salesman who wears a robe, basically, uh, basically charging people for Jesus, not charlatan. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he uh, he's basically just a. Uh, you know, trying to please, he's well known for fleecing people out of their cash in the name of Jesus. So, sure. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to preface that. By the way, if you look at his video, and we'll have it on the show notes, but his eyes are so incredibly small. They're like and little creepy. blue, like dime sized things on his face. It's weird. So, producer Brian, do you, do you have that one ready to go? COVID 19. COVID 19. On you. On you. You are destroyed forever. You are, you are destroyed, destroyed forever. There's four more minutes, mm. uh, so. <laughs> Good grief. I think Y'all. that little clip right there sums it up with him. So I'm glad that he's get a sound bite out of that one, so. Yeah, let's just make sure that when we say uh, the sound bike will say, I blow. Uh. And we just take <laughs> it right there. We have some <laughs> options there, I guess. Yeah, we do. Um, all right, so let's go into some wacky news brought to you by 1812 Barbecue. Listen, I saw the pictures, and Eric is still cranking out some fantastic meat. So if you need some um, some quality barbecue, and you need some now because there's you know hardly any meat left, go check out our friends at 1812 Barbecue. He can hook you up and get some delicious meat right on your plate. Right you know what I really need is some um, of that our, barbecue in my mailbox, like Uncle Leon. 
drops his cigars off, you know, just rolls by the house, <laughs> yeah. does some cigars in the mailbox. I need uh, old Mr. Lyon. Oh, hold on. Let's, let's back up to that because I know <laughs> Uncle Leon will be listening. Yeah. I had to meet Uncle mm-hmm. Leon at the entrance of a park, like, like I was trying to get a dime bag or something. Oh. <laughs> well, I need to talk to Uncle sure Leon. You had like some some actual business that you had to take care of. We just had to drop drop off. Like here you go, we're done. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe so. I think you make excuses for him. <laughs> uh, could be. He, he, could be. He, I mean, he did roll up and go, "Hey, I got the good, good." And I was like, "All right." <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't say, I blow. Yeah, that's right. Corona be gonna. <laughs> well, uh, just on some, some fun news, guys. There's a guy uh, that builds adorable mini picnic tables for squirrels in his yard. The coronavirus pandemic has given most of us more time on our hands than we thought we would need. Um, some people are using it effectively, while others may not be. I consider this guy not. Um, you may be, for instance, taking inspiration from a guy who builds adorable mini picnic tables for the squirrels in his yard. Rick Kalininski is more than aware that his fury furry neighbors, not fury neighbors, fur, furry neighbors were more than willing to eat their snacks wherever they wanted to, but because he loved watching them frolic around his yard, he decided to give them another option. So he got some spare wood from around his house and he made adorable picnic tables um, and he nailed them to the fence so that his squirrels can eat the nuts that he placed on top of them. He placed pictures of his creation on Facebook and now has 279,000 shares and 22,000 likes. In an interview, he said that I really believe they love it and they appreciate me and I appreciate them. Other people have said that these are pretty clever. I've seen bird feeders that that's shaped with the stools in a bar, but the picnic table is the greatest. Um, because of the popularity, he has decided to sell his creation on Etsy. Um, the squirrels are not the only animals that like it. There are other animals that are using the um, the picnic tables as well. So, what do you guys think? Uh, Producer Brian put that in the chat. Little cute, adorable picnic table. The squirrels can eat their little nuts on. What do you think about that? I think it's called target practice. <laughs> Baha! There it is. See, I would buy one, but then I would put a target right around the center of it, and then you know I got good target practice. I hate squirrels. They're they're pests. I hate them. They're varmints. Well, anybody that hasn't listened to our probably our first twenty episodes, I think probably mm. eighteen of those had squirrel. I uh, remember our our, fa- our favorite our favorite exterminator Blaine was a a recurring character we talked about. Yeah. Oh, that's right! I forgot about Blaine. I forgot about him. Yeah, how, how do you forget about Blaine? You know, you kind of want to put him out of the out of your your head and your thought process. But... <laughs> <laughs> silly squirrels, any, silly Blaine. Do you guys have any more thoughts on these little cute little picnic tables? For squirrels, actually, it's kind of neat looking. I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of adorable. But I don't want to encourage no squirrels. Those things are Mm-mm. road track, road targets, basically. Yeah, 
1812 barbecue story started over 20 years ago when Eric and his dad started entering local barbecue competitions for fun. During that time, Eric, a United States Marine, has traveled all over the world picking up flavors and techniques that today is the unique flavor of the award-winning 1812 barbecue. He has honed his craft to bring you fall-off-the-bone pulled pork, mouth-watering ribs, and finely crafted beef brisket. Eric has developed his own amazing dry rub and delicious barbecue sauce. And let's not forget the sides. Coleslaw, smoked Gouda mac and cheese, cowboy baked beans, and to top it all off, banana pudding and pecan pie for dessert. Getting hungry yet? Good. Call or email Eric at 1812barbecue and he can make your next catered meal happen. Wedding and graduation parties, family reunions, and other events will be memorable with 1812barbecue. Want to try your own hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Shipping all over the world, connect with Eric on his Facebook page, Instagram at 1812barbecue, or call 704-604-5148 or email eric at eric.line at 1812barbecue.com and he'll be glad to help any way he can. Uh, this next one, uh, guys, I had an article for it and now when I pull it up, it is no longer there. But the the headline was that Richard Simmons is back um, after being away for quite some time. Uh, Richard Simmons started uh, putting out his old YouTube videos to try to get people up and moving with the coronavirus, um, trying to you know encourage people. Oh, there you go, boom! Uh, trying to get uh, to encourage people to exercise and get moving and whatnot during the coronavirus. Um, but it is, he's not actually back back. He's just sending out these videos. He is a recluse and nobody has seen him for like six years. Do we need to worry about Richard Simmons? Maybe we can have Betty White check up on him. Or do you think he got fed to a lion? <laughs> hey, Carol Baskins. <laughs> I think Carol Baskins. Took out Richard Simmons. He's seventy. I cannot imagine what like my memory of Richard Simmons is like. Well, he was probably pretty old still, but he didn't look old. He never looked old, right? He never. Yeah, he's he still doesn't look old. You know, at least to the, the last you know pictures that we had of him. So apparently, there's also a podcast called Missing Richard Simmons. Are you aware of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I have not listened to it. I've heard about it. Um, it doesn't know, it, it says that he's still deciding when he's going to return, um, to the spotlight. He may never do it, but he just, he kind of left and then he, nobody's ever heard from him. I, he may be dead and people are just still collecting royalties. I'm, oh, I'm starting to worry about Is his estate releasing Where the videos? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Like, I don't know. Goodness. Uh, producer Brian, do you have any SFP headline previews for us? Uh, I do not. I've actually been trying to figure out when to record that show now that we're doing the COVID-19 thing. Um, cause, uh, mm. there's people in my house Tough, all the time right? and I've, I've carved out a window <laughs> here for us to record this show. I have no idea. I, uh-huh. uh, yeah, maybe I, hopefully I can get it back next week. It's been a while. Okay. I'd like to keep doing it, but the, not a problem. I'm going to blame the pandemic for now. Well, sure. You kind of need to. Yeah. I mean, listen, this is the time where you can blame everything on the pandemic, the pandemic, except for 
being able to blame all of the things that you said that if I only had enough time, oh, I right. would get this done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying to myself, you know, if I had enough time, I'll clean up that basement. No, I don't. I keep running out of time still. Um, Magic Man, any thoughts from you? You've been quiet for a while, so you're picking up your, your adult beverage there. Any thoughts from me? Well, I just shared a uh, link well, on Slack as well as Skype. Um, okay. A friend of mine shared it on her Facebook page. It is of a fella, a video of a fella who made a, um, I don't even know what you would call it, but it's basically a picnic table. So this kind of goes along with your story of the uh, squirrel picnic tables. But this is okay. a human sized picnic table on large tires with a motor on the back <laughs> and, a, and an umbrella, a full size regular umbrella that you would use at a picnic table. And Come this on. thing drives around. So you can go and Pick up your uh, friends and, and have a picnic driving around. And it even does wheelies. So when you get a chance, check, check out that video. You'll get oh, a wow. out of it, I'm sure. That's fantastic. Yeah. Do you guys be up for that? Maybe when this whole thing is over, we can get one of those and just have a picnic? I'm all about <laughs> it. Bring it on. <laughs> all right. So let's go into some hot topics. Hey, buddy, we've got some tonight. <clears throat> um, brought to you by Hookline and Heroes, 501c3 that... Um, allows veterans to get out, get on the water, and develop a relationship with God. So appreciate those guys. Hookline and Heroes, check them out. All right, guys, uh, I think I said this several weeks ago, so I deserve the uh, infamous Prophet Star. The U.S. Intelligence Committee Community has reported... Eh, let me start over on this one. The U.S. Intelligence Community has reportedly concluded that China intentionally misrepresented its coronavirus numbers. Is anybody what? shocked by this? Mm-hmm. Uh, the U.S. intelligence community has determined that the Chinese government concealed to the extent of the coronavirus outbreak and gave false numbers of cases and death in the country, Bloomberg News reported on Wednesday, citing 1, 2, and 3 U.S. officials. Uh, intelligence officials transmitted a classified report of their findings to the White House last week. Bloomberg described its sources saying that the report's main conclusion was that China lied. Uh, two officials told the outlet that they found, chi- found out that China's numbers were fake. China was the center of the novel coronavirus outbreak uh, until last week when the U.S. numbers um, surpassed that of China's. The World Health uh, the World Health Organization declared it a pandemic on March 11th. Um, the um, U.S. officials have repeatedly accused China of covering it up, but alas, China said, no, we did not. Jin Suing, a Chinese foreign minister, said that we did not. We have been transparent and shared accurate information with the U.S. and other countries. <sighs> China, you're fudging the numbers again. Well, we knew something was up because, uh, you know, we our, our CDC has partnerships with countries. So we have actually CDC offices in foreign countries mm-hmm. where we have our scientists, epidemiologists, doctors, things like that, that actually go and study health, possible health trends or whatever in these other countries. Well, China, right, right after the Wuhan Kung Flu, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, broke out. Um, they were, China actually removed our CDC office. Now, through the act of politics, you know, you've heard, uh, 
our government mentioned it where it was a the time elapsed or you know basically it was our time out of there but it, it's all too coincidental where our cdc officials had to leave china um because of that so i, I don't i don't you you judging by if you look, keep up up to date with the numbers which i do just cuz I, I i'm a numbers kind of guy mm-hmm. um, i think china still only has 80,000 on the books right now 80 81,000 total yeah. cases <laughs> i mean yeah I, I don't i don't see how it's possible especially when also whistleblower doctors would be reprimanded by the local communist party delegates or officials and told them they you know they would have to spend time and you know in possible jail for speaking out um but also uh, there's actually been several doctors that have actually gone missing after they spoke out so i think i think it just shows you the huge negligence by china i think yeah it's a conspiracy time i think uh i think i think i think after this you know i think after this time we'll all be playing monday morning quarterback and um we'll be reevaluating stats even here in our own country um just to see what you know what was the actual the actual toll what besides not just the economic impact but actually where we you know just like people revisited trump's election 2017 18 like the number the polling data i think we'll be revisiting this for years to come yeah that gives us a great segue to our next article uh trump is about to get probed again uh adam schiff already is calling for a 9-11 style commission on the coronavirus response nunez decries it a stunt the house intelligence committee chairman adam schiff who a little over two months ago led Democrat prosecution in President Trump's impeachment trial following an extensive investigation, is working to launch a new review concerning the administration's actions, this time calling for a nonpartisan commission on the government's coronavirus response. Schiff, after repeatedly criticizing the president's response to the COVID-19 pandemic, said Wednesday that he would work to create a panel to review the government's actions and readiness. He said, after Pearl Harbor and 9-11, we look at what went wrong to learn from our mistakes. Uh, Once we have recovered, we need a nonpartisan commission to review our response and how we can better prepare for the next pandemic. And I'm working on a bill to do that. Schiff swiftly faced criticism for the move, with Intelligence Committee ranking Republican David or Devin Nunes accusing them of a dumb stunt. <clears throat> his Russian collusion hoax failed, his Ukraine scam failed, and his efforts to cover up a, a FISA abuse failed. Hard to read, guys. What's so that? Schiff is launching yet another dumb stunt to justify his never-ending media relations. Um, guys, I. What are y'all's thoughts? Do you think that there needs to be a 9-11 investigation on the coronavirus response? Or do you think that this is just, again, playing politics? Your all's thoughts? Well, obviously, I think this is nothing but 100% politicking. Um, What a great way to raise money for your potential campaign than to go out there and uh, basically just pander to your base that is Number one, Adam Schiff's territory is going to be anti-Trumpers. So, um, no, no better way 
to that act to seem like the man of action, the man who's trying to get stuff done, the his Spartacus moment. Um, I, I, I obviously I think this is. I, I, th- I think we can judge our response without having to spend several million dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars on an investigation. There's enough That's data out there that we can actually collect him. You know, here's the thing. You know, like I said, we're now in what week 78 of quarantine i've lost track of all concept of time but um (laughs) you know we can look back at three weeks ago well what was our response of three weeks ago you know it it seems like a lifetime we've been in lockdown you gotta remember six weeks ago um when this podcast airs economy was strong everybody was thumping everybody was working now we're Mm -hmm. not um but we will be able to go back look at certain data points data mark how 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 quick did FEMA respond? I mean, hell, this whole thing is just is a golden trove treasure chest of people who love data and the government. Oh my goodness, this is so. I mean, they just released a map. A New York Times had a data map of um, ranking the states that are actually having the worst response to the stay at home order. And South Carolina was actually on the top top of that list, and it narrowed down that the average person was traveling 3.2 miles a day on a stay at home order. Well, how do they collect that data? I mean, it's mm. not like the state of South Carolina gave everybody pedometers. <laughs> and said, All right, we're going to count your steps. I mean, no, they're tracking stuff. They, yeah. they have ways of measuring those algorithms with cell phones, phones and cell phone. Yeah. Cell phone pinpoint. Just a treasure yeah, trove of, of data. Um, you know, I, you, you think about it, just break, Break down the data we have. We have the responses. We have uh, how quickly a pandemic and lockdown can lead to unemployment rates, uh, response times from shippers and suppliers. I mean, there's so much data. Um, now, from the libertarian perspective, we obviously, I think it's too much handling by the um, the ones on the far left who love government overreach have to be excited. This is like their Disney. This is like the Super Bowl for big government lovers who want government mm-hmm. to fix everything. This is the Super Bowl right now of government intervention. But do we need a 9-11 stock commission? I mean, maybe we should look at a 9-11 stock commission into uh, wasteful spending by these stupid politicians who come up with stupid committees to investigate things. Maybe we need to have an investigation of the investigators for once. Yeah, I think history is going to pick this apart on its own. And this isn't the time to deal to do an event we they should be focused on legislation to help us get through the situation and helping rebuild the economy yeah. and stop just the witch hunt you know and i'm not a trump guy <laughs> i've said that but this is not the time or place for this kind of stuff to be going on i think yeah yeah and and he says in the in the article that um that they're going to wait until the crisis is is you know gone down and we're not doing that and then after it's over then we'll we'll you know look at it i do think that we need to look at the response did we act accordingly obviously we're in a pandemic the the u.s and we'll talk about this in a little bit but we're supposed to be the world's superpower but yet this thing is beating us worse than china again by the numbers is it um is it and that, that's a valid question but as a world superpower should we should we've done a whole lot more so I do think that we can look and say, well, what went wrong? The fact that I can't go to um, 
to Home Depot and be able to buy an N95 mask, I think that's something to look at. Um, are we low on ventilators? I think that's something to look at. Um, and what could we have done better? And and I think that we always need to look back and say, we went through an event. What can we do to make it better? I mean, I think we can all agree on that. Does it need to be a um, 9-11 style commission to do that? Probably not, but we can all get a panel together and say, well, what what could we have done? So, you know, I think his whole point was, you know, after it's all over, we can, you know, look back and see what we did or didn't do. Mark my words. Mark my words. If Trump, if Trump wins in 2020, there will be an investigation right after the inauguration. There will be an investigation by Schiff and Pelosi and whoever else wants to do it. There will be an investigation of this, and it will be ongoing for the next two years, all the way to 2022. And sure. it'll be a, a great marker for uh, for a reelection of House and Senate. So um, it will come, and it will come, in, and it'll be CNN headlines for the for two years straight. I guarantee you. Of course, there'll probably be another Russian collusion or Chinese collusion, maybe this time. Who knows? <laughs> but um, talking about the N95 mask, you know what would solve that, right? Gouging. If we had, <laughs> if we didn't have gouging laws. You know, if we're Lowe's or Home Depot or Walmart's that have the N95, they could actually raise the price to fit the market demand. People ain't going to go out there and spend $100 a case or $100 a box on the N95 mask. I mean, I well, maybe you, but 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 you got to stop buying things from the Ninja Pillow Makers. Um, you can cut up those Ninja Pillows but and make if, some masks. I'm just saying. I yeah, I mean, if you dang things. If all of a sudden a case of uh, a packet of toilet paper doubled in price in an hour, like gas will, if you have you know response to war, people would not buy that stuff in bulk like that. So, um, speaking of that, uh, speaking of uh, our response, I'd love to have Yael back on the podcast and that maybe next week and talk about this because uh, we we do have you know talking about history like producer Brian was talking about. We do have current history right now is being made. By countries like South Korea and Singapore and their response to this versus our response, which is a total opposite and actually how their economies are still thriving and working. And they're actually, their infection rates are really, really low right now. Granted, they're not testing 7 million people a day like everyone claims that we're doing here, but um, they've had this, the opposite response to our, our our response and they're still trucking along. So. Mm. Yeah, let's see if we can uh, get him on the show. Um, yeah, I just I think we need to step back and look. What could we have done better? Uh, there's going to be an article that I'm going to read here in a little bit that talks about uh, Trump and his fault. But um, Hook, Line, and Heroes is a 501c3 nonprofit based in Charlotte, North Carolina, founded in 2017 to show God's love and appreciation for our disabled and PTS military veterans. They provide professionally guided fishing trips to nominated veterans at no cost to the veteran. Hookline and Heroes has provided over 30-plus trips around the Carolinas since their founding, from red fishing down in Charleston to striper fishing on Lake Norman, and even offshore fishing down in Florida. Each trip is a one-on-one experience with a member of the organization aiming to provide a day of fun and relaxation on the water and begin a lifelong relationship with them. Each veteran leaves the day with a fully stocked tackle box, rod and reel, apparel, a Bible, and a daily devotion to kick to kickstart their new hobby and build their relationship with God. Please take the time to visit their website at hooklineandheroes.org to hear and learn more about them. 
You can help in many ways by nominating a veteran you know through their website, join their monthly giving program, Healing Heroes, or send a one-time personal or corporate donation. You'll also be happy to hear that they are completely volunteer-run and nearly 100% of your donations goes directly towards providing trips for the veterans. Be sure to follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn to see their veteran stories and to show your support. I do want to get into this fine article, um, speaking about politics. Alyssa Milano, everybody familiar with old Alyssa Milano? Never heard of her. Never? Never. Have you, for real? No, I've never heard of her. Who's the I'm boss? Kidding. Did you ever watch that show? Oh, yeah, I know. Yes, that was a joke. Okay, that was a joke. It's I funny, see? see? Um, Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano is defending her decision to stay silent in the wake of recently surfaced allegations against former President, uh, Vice President Joe Biden, by a former Senate staffer, Tara Reid, who claims he sexually assaulted her in 1993. Milano47 spoke with radio host Andy Cohen on Monday during his Sirius XM broadcast when Cohen brought up the fact that once again Milano had been trending on Twitter. He gave the actress the floor to speak on the matter, and she did so, by choosing her words gingerly. Uh, so it's, it's actually quite serious, she said. Uh, I've endorsed Joe Biden, and, therefore, and there have been accusations against Joe about sexual assault, Milano began. I have not publicly said anything about this. The Charmed alum famously attended Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh's Senate Judiciary Committee hearing on Capitol Hill in 2018, where uh, Christine Blasey Ford testified that he sexually harassed her in the early 1980s. She said that she had always been a wait-and-see approach to these sensitive matters and that the predicament Biden found himself in was no different. I'm just going to stop there. She said, let me repeat that. She said that she has always taken a wait and see approach to these sensitive matters, um, which, guys, that's false. Um, She also explained to Cohen, if you remember, it kind of took me a while to come out publicly against Harvey Weinstein as well, because I believe that that we should believe the women, and that's an important thing to do, um, and... What that statement really means is, like you know, for so long, the go-to has not been to believe them. So really, we had to sort of socially change the mindset to believe women. Uh, And this is the key part. Um, But that does not mean at the expense of, you know, not giving men their due process and investigating situations and giving, you know, it's got to be fair in both directions. Um, the social activist said that her support of Biden mostly stems from her long-standing relationship with the presidential hopeful. She known him. She's known him for 15 years, and he would quote not do such a thing. Um, so it it puzzles me that if she's saying that it's got to go both ways and got to be fair, that uh, for Kavanaugh, she came out and was very adamant that he did it, even without the trial concluding or the, the hearing concluding. But then for Biden, she automatically says that he's not guilty because she's known him for 15 years. Um, so I just thought that that was just really odd that this person that's on the, the me too, her, you know, our time or her time, whatever it is, 
Our time is the dating app that my dad uses, so that's not it. Um, you know, you got to believe them. Uh, movement uh, that she's now saying that you got to go be fair in both directions. Double standard, anyone? Because, right. She's been called a hypocrite um, more ways than one. She just says she's trying to stay quiet about it. <laughs> Guys, what, what are your all's thoughts on this? Um, well, first off, I think Melissa or Alyssa Milano is still pretty smoking hot for 47. I'm, I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, Can I also say that I really like her cookies? <laughs> <laughs> Good association there. Um, <laughs> uh, I get it. I think... I, let's <laughs> let's make, make no bones about it girl the girl is a uh, bat crap crazy you know sure. she is she is 100 percent nothing but pure self self-grandizing you know self-promotion type thing uh she she is it's 100 percent political the hypocritical part rose mcgowan her co-star on charmed and was one of the forefront of the hashtag me too, which is also equally crazy, um, has called her out as Alyssa Milano over Biden's endorsement as just basically a hypocrite. And that how she didn't speak out against, or how she does speak out against like Kavanaugh and other people and, you know, believe all women. But when it comes to your politics and believe in that, then no, you don't, she doesn't. She just sits back and idly waits and it's all agenda driven to make no, no, make no, Pull no punches. I mean, it, she's and she hates Trump, and should rather have uh, you know a minor, uh, minor a or uh, underage uh, girl sniffing grandpa on uh, on the ballot. That's it. Yeah, to me, this is just a yeah, uh, it's a celebrity who gets a little extra publicity because they're famous. They're, what, they're, what they say doesn't matter any more than what I say. In the, at the end of the day, but because of the, their status and they've been on TV, they get a little more weight in the media. Yeah, I have to go. I have sure. to agree with both Mojo and producer Brian. You know, first of all, yeah, Alyssa, she's still finer and new set of steel belted radials. But, you know, <laughs> it looks only take you so far, you know? <laughs> I've never heard of that one. There you go. I've never. <laughs> I was gonna say nutty, nuttier than squirrel that's tracks, right. but hey, that know. too, that too. But um, oh, that's a good question. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> it just hit me funny all of a sudden. All right, anyways, but you know, I just it amazes me the double standard that keeps coming out with these so-called enlightened Hollywood elites. Um, you know, everybody knows that they are so sheltered; They're, they they don't live in the real world. They don't deal with the same stuff that you and I do, and yet, you know, they they think that they have all the intelligence and all of the wisdom, and they don't know what really is. It's crazy. My question is going to be: Can we can we blame Alyssa Milano? And I think the knee jerk reaction is absolutely we can. But if you are in the echo chamber of your own people, um, you start to believe your own your own hype. Um, so if if somebody's telling you you're doing a great job and and you believe that and in your world you're doing a great job, 
you, you know, you keep getting the, and even in Facebook, like you still seek out people that think like you, that talk like you, that more than likely look like you. We still have that echo chamber of, well, you know, we all are saying the same thing and we're all mad at the other side for them not thinking the way that we are. But if, if all of Hollywood is telling her she's doing the right thing, she's kind of doing the same thing and that, that I would even dare to say the Trump kids are doing, that they can't see their own hip- hypocrisy in their own world, their own life. Um, and, but, but we put her down, but then the, the right side does the same thing as well with Trump. Um, so I think that, that it's easy to, to throw your stones, and I'm, I'm not just saying just in general, it's easy to throw your stones at one group and say that they're crazy, but they're listening to the same group of people over and over as well that think that they're right, and then they you know point fingers at the other side, and the other side's saying, well, they're crazy because they're listening to the same folks. So, I mean, it's just, it, when is it going to be solved? And I think the key, and I think part of maybe what this coronavirus is kind of doing is potentially just getting people to stop and think and maybe disconnect from, you know, the news and and whatnot and just kind of live their own life and maybe hopefully develop their own um, worldview and their own perspective. But I agree. I think that, that, that she's hypocritical by saying you've got to give everybody a fair shot when she hasn't done that in the past. So... Um, that's my two let's, cents. Let's on. let's let's flesh this out for a second as yeah. far as the the echo chamber. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it, if someone's in an echo chamber, are they the ones to build? You know, can we can we blame them? Well, I mean, if we run that to the logical end, mm-hmm. does that person have the decision at some point to seek outside counsel or outside opinions? That that's like. Yeah. It's like blaming the person who's in an abusive relationship for being abused because they couldn't see outside of it. You know, I mean, yeah, and I agree, yeah, but can, you have that scenario yeah. that that happens quite frequently. Where they, oh, I, I don't disagree with that, but I'm yeah. saying that you know, you pick, you put you pick up a phone and go onto the worldwide interwebs and do a little research for a minute, and it could open your eyes. I mean. I'm 43 years old. And I'm still learning every day. I learn something different. If it's something mechanical, something data point, you know, I've learned more about this damn coronavirus than I have my own heart transplant surgery. Just because it's something that you you want to learn about. Um, I I think you have to champion yourself to 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 want to learn more. And I look, I, we can call out Trump and you know. Uh, lovers all day long because I, I like I said I I didn't vote for the guy um, I I can divorce myself from him personally as far as like what do I think about him personally and you know his take on things um, but I can also give him kudos when he does great and I can also point out the things when he does wrong and Alyssa Milano is a lot smarter than that as far as like I'm gonna sit in my echo chamber well at least I, I give her credit she may not be that smart I'm giving her credit that she could actually do some outside research to find out, mm. you know, what what's the lay of the land here? You know, how many cases of um, these Me Too moment, Me Too movements have, or Me Too cases have actually popped up in Hollywood or New York, where these casting couches are pop political figures. You know, mm. uh, I mean, she's smart enough. I mean, if 
if somehow she can weasel her way in to sit right behind Brett Kavanaugh during a Supreme Court hearing as far as, you know, for his confirmation, mm-hmm. she's smart enough to pick up a phone and do a little research. You know, sure. or she's smart enough to have outside counsel. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying you're totally wrong because people are in echo chambers. That's the reason why you have groups of that are hate groups because they love to feed on the same people that believe what they do and they, they thrive on that. That's the reason why we have cliques and groups and and um, things like that. But but there are more groups. You know, we're we're, we're pointing out an individual here like Kenneth Copeland. Mm-hmm. He he believes he preaches. The, I, don't, I don't know if he believes. I, I would hope he's a believer. But, you know. Um, he preaches, quote unquote, preaches. Talks about the gospel of the of the the Christ and Father that I believe in and love. But he, he doesn't represent me. You know what I'm saying? But he, but if if someone lumped him into our group, I would be kind of pissed because it he's an individual. He doesn't represent us all. And, and I, I think we have to kind of look at this from the ten thousand foot view. Are we so? Are we are we singling people out like individuals? Because once you single someone out as an individual, you can actually pull them apart. But are we talking about groups? You know what I'm saying? Like, and right. she she loves to be in the forefront, so therefore she can take. She's put herself up to take fire for it. So, yeah, I just think that to reiterate what you're saying, I, I agree with with that. I think that as a society, we've just become lazy in trying to do that research of. Well, yeah. you know, I'm not going to, I'm I'm going to pick up my phone and I'm going to look at the websites that, that tell me what I want to see and what I want to hear. I'm not going to allow myself to search the other side and view their uh, opinions or is their opinions valid? We just, everybody keeps saying we're right, so we must be right. So therefore, um, I'm not going to do the research on the other side. Well, oh yeah, we'll absolutely lazy. fit, fit our, lazy society. yeah. We will fit our we will fit ourselves into our cognitive bias with with groups and people and things like that. Just and also talking about doing your research and behind on the times and being lazy. How about producer Brian finally watching Tiger King? Thing's been released for like what seven years and he finally watches it now. Yeah, holy crap! I mean, he was only a week late, a week late. So there's that. Oh well, like I said, I've lost all concept of time. I think I'm in this rabbit hole. (laughs) I felt like I lost space time continuum right now. So. Well, I had I had an appointment today, which I thought was I thought today was Tuesday, and had an appointment today, so I totally missed that. So, um, yeah, I've I've lost all concept of time. It is insane how, like, I don't know what day it is. Are you guys feeling that too? Like, you have no, like, it, it's hard to figure yeah. out what day it is. I have to think about it, but I still live on my calendar, so I could, you know, the little button shows me. Right, but when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, "What day is it?" And and I even talked about this with my therapist. Is I think the fact that I just, you know, I wear my uh, sweatpants. Usually, don't take a shower. Uh, I don't have to leave the house, you know, and and I can't leave the house. So, like, there's I see the sun go up and the sun go down, but I don't know what day it is. You know, it gets it gets kind of scary at sometimes. I'm one of the fortunate ones where I get to work from home through all of this. So I pretty much, the only thing that's changed for me is that I work from my living room rather than from my office, but everything else is still the same. So I'm still looking at schedules and calendars for, you know, meetings at work and stuff. So, and and of course 
uh, you know, my wife, she is having to go into where she works. And um, so it's it's been, you know, every week is our typical countdown. Oh, it's Wednesday, half the week. Uh, tomorrow will be, oh, good, it's Friday, one more day, and we've got the week. We can make it through this last day. Yeah. I think just trying to juggle the kids and, you know, just not being able to get out and leave and then come back to pick them up. I think just something about that is, for me, it's just like, oh, okay, there's there's a day that's gone instead of just staying at the same house. So, mm. anyway. All right, so um, our last article, and this one's a this one's a doozy. Uh, Producer Brian, can you play our Trump music? I'm very proud of myself. You can't always get what you want. Incredible. Really amazing. Don't be stupid. But if you try some, well, you might find deal or no deal. I don't wear it to play. <laughs> it's my hair. All right, this article is um, from David from Staff from The Atlantic, and he's saying that the coronavirus is Trump's fault. Did you guys get a chance to read uh, the article? I, I did not, no. Okay. I read the first half it of it, uh, the, the <laughs> first half, and then before it got to the Hillary stuff, basically, I read that part. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so my hot take... And I, I'll, well, I'll just I'll read the paraphrased version of this article and then get your thoughts. Uh, and if at any point you guys want me to stop, just say stop, and I'll and we'll talk about that at uh, stop. that point. Oh, All right. Well, that was a great show, guys. Appreciate it. You guys have a great night. Thank you for tuning just in. Seeing how powerful that could be there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is the beginning, and again, it's it's been. Uh, combed down a little bit or snipped out a little bit, but here we go. He says, I don't take responsibility at all, said President Donald Trump in the Rose Garden on March 13th. Those words will probably end up as the epitaph of his presidency. That single sentence that sums it all up. Um, That pandemic occurred not, the pandemic occurring is not Trump's fault, but the utter unpreparedness of the United States for a pandemic is Trump's fault. The loss of stockpiled respirators to breakage because of the federal government led to maintenance contracts lapse in 2018 is Trump's fault. The failure, the failure to store sufficient protective medical gear in the national arsenal is Trump's fault. That's the states that are bidding against each other for equipment paying many multiples of the pre-crisis price for ventilators is Trump's fault. Air travelers summoned home and forced to stand for hours in dense airport crowds alongside infected people. That was Trump's fault too. Ten weeks of insisting that the coronavirus is harmless, that it would miraculously go away on its own. That was Trump's fault again. The refusal of red state governors to act promptly, the failure to close Florida and Gulf Coast beaches until late March, that fault is more widely shared, but again, responsibility rests with Trump. He could have stopped it, and he didn't. Uh, The severity of the economic crisis is Trump's fault. Things could have been less bad if he acted faster, 
instead of sending out his chief economic advisor and his son, Eric, to assure Americans that the first stock stock market dips were buying opportunities. Uh, The fact that so many key government jobs were either empty or filled by mediocrity, that is Trump's fault. The insertion of Trump's arrogant and incompetent son-in-law as commander of the national medical supply chain, that's Trump's fault. For three years, Trump has blathered and buffled and bullied his way through an office for which he is not utterly uh, inadequate. But sooner or later, every president must face a supreme test, a a test that cannot evade by blather and bluff or bullying. That test has overwhelmed Trump. Trump has failed. He is failing and will continue to fail. Americans are paying for his failures. So uh, that's just half of it. Uh, What are your thoughts so far? Is there any truth to that? Is there anything that that you can Um, agree with? Obviously, I wish, number one, as Americans and as voters and citizens, I wish we'd get out of the the notion of our our head that one person knows everything. You know what I'm saying? As soon as they come into office, they have a wealth of knowledge and information that comes hitting them. And all of a sudden, you know, like, yeah, I know. Well, there's that book but, from National Treasure. But, but, that, that, but that's the book right? of secrets like they who killed know Kennedy. Better. There's a book. You know, that, that, that's what it's about. Um, But we no, automatically think that this person, in, you know, inherits the office from his predecessor, and we know what's lacking there. Um, while you're reading that, I looked up an article that I happened to notice, and um, it says, actually, back in 2003, the uh, Office of uh, Government Accountability Office, 2003, actually uh, issued a report after the SARS outbreak saying that our, our capacity was way over, way under prepared for any major pandemic. And then also in 2005, they also issued the same report. So mm-hmm. here we are, 17 years later, at that initial report was was issued. And also, so we've had a, a Republican mm-hmm. president, that was George W., who um, was in 2003. And we've had a Democrat president for mm-hmm. two terms after that. So what are we to take from this? Could any of those guys done anything? Were they were they fully aware of it? Was it, was it left on a shelf at some other ad- administrator in the government to handle? I don't know. I mean, we're you. You're either going to be on two sides of this. It, 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 once again, this is all political. Um, either a mm. Trump's doing a great job, and you know MAGA or CAGA, or you're on the other side of the fence, and he's just a flopping failure. He's just a, a Cheeto in a suit, and he's he 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 should have protected everyone. Everyone should get free money, free this, relieve school loans. Stay at home, and this thing will be over. There's two sides of that. And then there's people in the middle, like going, like me, which I'm going, there's a little too much response. You know, I mean, honestly, if we had, if in 2003, if we'd spent a trillion dollars on ventilators to make sure that everyone who got sick had a ventilator, would those things be antiquated by now? I mean, would they be sitting in some national stockpile that, you know, we have to pay? Bukus of billions of dollars a year to maintain and, you know, up, you know, update current update. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the complexity of these machines. Obviously they're a little more complex than what, than an egg timer. I mean, because 
you know, Ford and GM are saying they're going to ramp up and start making ventilators, but the first ones aren't going to roll off the assembly line until a month from now. I mean, so. I, I don't know. I've been using the same CPAP since, you know, 2006. So I, I don't know. I've been on a ventilator, but I wasn't right? awake during the time I, has, I was on a ventilator. So I couldn't tell you the, I t- couldn't tell you the complexities of it, but um, <laughs> I, I wonder how, I wonder what the innovation and technology of these things actually are, what components are. I mean, but like I go back to it. I mean, you have stuff that yeah. are mothballed. I mean, think about your equipment sometimes, or you, you think of a motor that hasn't been ran in 16, 17 years. And all of a sudden you try to get fired up. You're going to have inherent problems with that. You're going to, you know, from the tubing or is all the tubing going to dry rot? You know, there's, there's questions there that, um, that I, I don't think we could ever answer from our, you know, from our, just a regular old Joe Schmo. But I, I think to, to place, shoulder the blame on squarely on one person is just i think it's pure negligence i think i mean who in our wildest dreams six weeks ago seven weeks ago eight weeks ago would have ever thought that we would be at stay-at-home orders in almost every state right now i mean and and hearing the 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 numbers coming out every day you know and the official death toll and this and that i mean and I'll, I, I, uh, also just to kind of add this before we go, um, Dr. Burks, who, um, is on the, uh, COVID-19 response team, uh, Dr. Burks actually spoke during the press conference. Uh, this was yesterday. So this was on April 8th, if my dates are correct, cause I've still lost all concept of time. Um, <laughs> she said that, so I think in this country, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. And I think the reporting here has been pretty straightforward over the last five to six weeks. Prior to that, um, uh, when there wasn't testing in January and February, that's a very unknown situation in, or different and unknown situation. Um, there are other countries that if you had a pre-existing condition, let's say the virus caused you to go in ICU, and then you had a heart or kidney problem, um, and then you pronounced dead, blah, 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 they would actually list that as a COVID-19 death. Um, and actually, I got confirmation from one of our former guests. Um, his wife is a nurse at one of the local hospitals. Right now, you know, with people passing away, especially our, our close to Charlotte, um, if you had any underlying conditions that may have caused that, but you maybe tested positive for COVID, you're actually automatically ruling that a COVID death. Now, they may go back and relook at it in a year from now and reassess it, but I wonder what the true numbers are, you know. So anyway, going back to the ventilators, I, I don't think anyone, I mean, uh, hell, when, I mean, I, would anyone want to be in Trump's shoes right now or Pence's shoes, mm-hmm. Dr. Burke's, Fauci? I mean, uh, who would want to be in their shoes right now having to stop an economy and then restart it? Who would want to be in anyone's shoes during this? I mean, if Joe Biden wins in November, I, I mean, is he going to be, have a better response? Is he going to? Is that going to be his new campaign promise? A, a ventilator for everybody at home? I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So, I, I think this is short-sighted opinion op-ed piece from this writer that, sure, just you know, he probably uh, he probably put his head he, right. He sat down probably with his matcha tea and put his head he put his hair in a man bun and started writing this article because you know he 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 ran out of vegan sausage or something and. And just had had to have a, a little hissy fit. So anyway, that's my two cents. No, and I appreciate that. Um, speaking about the numbers, I just pulled up the uh, coronavirus, the Cabarrus County coronavirus numbers. Um, remember, last time that we talked, it was 
uh, I think somewhere around the the 70 uh, cases and two deaths. Uh, As I pulled it up today, uh, somebody pulled it, Jesus, there's 93 cases and then one death. I don't know how that happened. Well, because that that, Easter. Well, reason why reason why that one death. Do you know about that one death, right? Uh, Was it uh, somebody from uh, Virginia passing through? Yeah, somebody from Virginia was actually passing through and landed up in the nearest hospital, which was our local hospital, Mm -hmm. and that was ruled. You know, he he then passed. Unfortunately, passed away, and then they ruled that as part of our stats. So I guess they must have reofficially. Officially re- realigned that uh, Virginia, maybe I guess, but <laughs> no, we're not taking this death. We're not. Yeah, no, no, no. We, we got We can't fluff. <laughs> we can't fluff our stats that way. <laughs> we got to pass this one back to Virginia. Yeah. Um, so going back to this article real quick, if I can. Um, yeah. To me, yeah, the yeah. president's like job when he gets in office is to appoint the right people into those cabinet positions. Mm-hmm. That way, to yeah. to not just be yes men and yes women. And like actually look at the stuff coming in, even if the numbers are wrong. You, you know China's gonna lie to you, so you should take that into account, right? <laughs> and like they should, right? I'm not saying it's all Trump's fault, but some things could have been done better by his subordinates. I feel like to be a little mm. more prepared, or get the right numbers, or if they're just afraid to come tell him what's actually happening and just believe his bravado all the time. You know, that's. Right. I I wonder yeah, so, I wonder what the behind the scenes is actually like though that because um you know when let's say 4 weeks ago when Trump was more optimistic about having you know just the 15 day window you know because you remember that back back in the day you know a couple weeks ago when they had the 15 day poster that was always hanging up you know that feels like a lifetime ago um Q1 Q1 is is it I, I agree. I, I 100% agree that if you, uh, if a person is smart enough to win an election and lead the country, you have to have the chutzpah and the wherewithal and the intelligence to appoint smart key people and to to certain positions. You know, a lot of times that doesn't happen. We've seen that in past yeah. government past government regimes where people it's like the the favor. I, I'm bringing up the secretary uh, secretary of agriculture from our county. Uh, because you know he helped me get elected to my first position. So you, yep, you know, exactly. you're putting these people, you put these fluff people in. We've seen that. I mean, that's, that's been that's the history of politics right there. Um, but I wonder how much behind the scenes we don't actually see or even know or want to know. Just because you know when Trump gets up there and talks about the 15 day window, part of that's just kind of hope, like having people not panic. You know, just imagine if Trump got up seven weeks ago and said we're all going to die. It'd be, you'd hear the purge sirens going off. I mean, it would be mass hysteria. You, you know, people would, people would, it, it'd been mass chaos. We'd, I mean, talking about having, you know, right now, you know, being fortunate to find a roll of toilet papers like the, like the Willy Wonka golden ticket right now. But um, <laughs> imagine seven weeks ago, if all of a sudden panic, that the stores would be flooded. We'd have no food. We'd have n- no supplies. True. Um, so that, and Obama's done. Obama did the same thing. He gave us a little bit of hope in certain times of crisis. Um, you know, speaking of times of crisis, like the H one N one or the bird flu or things like that, when we had that was running rampant, and he he tampered it down um, to the point where you know it, it didn't. Now, I mean, I don't even remember that 
too much because it wasn't a, it was a kind of a non-issue. I mean, you, you knew it was happening. You knew people were getting sick. You know, people were dying of it, mm. but it became a non-issue. Uh, I'm not trying to give Trump a pass at all because I think um, you got to, like I said, you got to wonder on certain things, like how much of stuff that pe- these people inherit. That and it, think how long it takes to get a road widened in in a in a state like six you know, years. We, yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, well, that's just the, probably the planning process of getting it done. You know what I'm saying? So if you have a ship going in one direction, which is the country, and you have a, a different party comes in with different philosophies, and you want to turn that ship around, how long does that actually take? Maybe six years? And then by the time you, you, you finish your six years, you're almost out of office. I mean, it, it's... I don't know where to blame. I, I don't know if there's anyone to blame. I, I mean, I... To be honest with you, I mean, but that's just who ate my, the bat. <laughs> yeah, the, well, I think we're all. I think number one, I think bat. we're all idiots right now if we believe it actually came from one one bat. You know, in in Wuhan, you know, I think we're all probably all idiots right there. But yeah, um, it, I don't know. I, I once again, I think it's just a, a bloviating piece by some hair bun wearing uh, op ed rider. Hey, speaking of the the purge yeah, siren, <clears throat> did you see the a parish in Louisiana use the purge siren as a curfew alert? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they apologized. That that's great. <laughs> yeah, that is Sheriff great. That they music wanted something that wasn't a typical siren that people would just ignore. So yeah, they did the purge siren and nailed it. Made a big uh, little brouhaha out of it. Hmm. Goodness I don't know how many uh, how many of those uh, Nat Geo Discovery Channel uh, preppers right there are like hell yeah it's our time now, Bo. Right <laughs> here we go. We've go been get them for this yeah. our whole lives. That's right. Raise hell, praise Dale. Um, Literally, I do want to. <laughs> I do want to uh, just continue with the article because he, he does bring up some good points. So, um, the coronavirus emerged in, in China in late December. The Trump administration received his first formal notification of the outbreak on January 3rd. The first confirmed case in the U.S. was diagnosed mid-January. Financial markets in the U.S. suffered this first uh, crash on February 23rd. Uh, the first person known to have succumbed to COVID-19 uh, in the U.S. was died on February 29th. There's 100 deaths uh, by March 17th. Again, the numbers of if you died from it or not. You know, that could be skewed. Um, But it wasn't until March 21st that the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services placed its first large-scale order for the N95 masks. Um, So there there was several weeks that went by between January 3rd, and nothing was really done until March 21st. Um, So there wasn't testing kits because those weren't ordered yet. Um, the U.S. went into an economic collapse um, shortly after that. The unemployment rate reached 13%, and Brandon, you can tell me if it's up or not. It's up. But it may peak at 20%, um, and this this article was written a a little while ago. Um, So, I mean, even those three weeks, though, and I think this is where the buffoonery of of Trump kind of laid into it was, those three weeks just kind of sat around and he hoped that it was going to go away because it was going to get warmer and that this is just the flu. Um, 
And he utterly, I think for me, he failed to lead to say that, you know, we're going to get ahead of this thing and just kind of blew it off as well as just a common cold. And I remember um, uh, uh, Ben Carson saying the same thing. And I was like, well, he's a doctor. He knows what he's talking about. Um, But there was really a whole lot less than we knew about the coronavirus then. Um, So why do you think, I mean, that he he handled it in such a way, a laissez-faire way of handling it. Now, I see your point of you don't want to cause mass, you know, chaos. Um, but I think he could have been a little bit more upfront. Those, those, um, that time from January 3rd to March 21st, there could have been a lot more done, I think. Um, does anyone remember, I don't, I don't know if you remember some time, time while back, but it was probably like seven years ago or maybe it was like actually in January. I, like I said, I've lost all concept of time. Yesterday. Um, <laughs> when the, when the who or the world health, the who the world health organization released oppressors talking about how respiratory masks would not be beneficial in preventing the spread of mm-hmm. this. Do you remember that? You're right. Yeah. They, they just now revised that last week to say that actually mm-hmm. wearing masks could help prevent this. So yeah. this now this is the world health organization. Um, yeah. I think where we get into this is if you want to dive a little deeper, I think we're just getting superficial right here. I think we're just scratching. I think we're, um, you know, our own CDC didn't have a grasp of this. That, that, that's mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know if you've seen the memes of, this is kind of off subject. We've seen the memes of, uh, uh, the walking dead, like Rick, uh, Rick character where he has a mask on. He has a, like a list in his hand. Right. He's like TP sanitizer, which had nothing to do with zombies at all in the walking dead. But you, right. so you have this global entity that's funded by most all, you know, most all, all the countries stating respiratory masks are not effective. So if you're, if that is a guiding light for the kind of sense of presence for all the, uh, centers for disease control and their various names in various countries. Why, why, you know, if they're, if the who's saying that their research current on the ground, that masks are ineffective, why would you go ahead and order a hundred bajillion masks? Um, but it, if you don't know that much about it, mm-hmm. then, then why say, well, it's not that big of a deal. Cause we really didn't have like a good handle. I don't even know if we still have a good handle of, what the coronavirus is and how it's impacting. So why minimize it instead of trying to make it a little bit more, um, a little more scary, I guess. Well, Cause they don't I mean, want people freaking well, out that we're, we're trying to Ameri- avoid Ameri- hand, like people like looting stores and getting crazy. Amer- America doesn't do that all the time, but America doesn't Weather do scary. Does it every time the tornado comes? Yeah. And you see how, you see how us idiots, i.e. the American people run out and grab milk and bread for a tornado. I mean, it, we, we don't, we don't do scary in this country at all. Um, like I said, I'm not giving Trump a pass at all. I, I think that we, we will never know the full extent of information or data that comes out on this, but things that I do talk about investigations, Adam Schiff probably should focus his investigation on what did China know? How did they know it? When they knew it? I mean, mm-hmm. let's investigate, um, the who, you know, the world health organization, you have the, the world health organization leader is a you know, former communist party who a uh, member of Ethiopia who terrorized his country. Now he's a leader of this world health organization. Um, he's also been sponsored by China. Um, 
let's investigate that. Let's investigate. Maybe mm-hmm. they covered up things. I mean, that's a, that's a great possibility that not only they, they hide the data from what's coming out of China, but maybe they actually hid some of the effects of what was really going on. I mean, th- just think about this. So we, just the information that we know that, I mean, in mm-hmm. December, in, in January, when, when the first case was hit here, um, they were telling, they were actually telling us that it was not transmittable person to person. That was the first response. It is not transmitted person to person. This is something that came from the animal kingdom and, you know, we got. Mm-hmm. So this cannot be transmitted person to person. So then we started doing, when it all of a sudden jumped person to person, the first mutation of Wuhan from the wet markets, quote unquote wet markets, they claim, um, it then became transmittable, but it was not airborne. So that was, we were under the impression that it wasn't airborne. So everybody just keeps on going. And then all of a sudden we find out it's airborne. But if you stand six feet apart, it's okay. And mm-hmm. then now that we've, you know, three months later, we're getting issues of saying wear a mask because um, coronavirus can actually live in the air for three to four hours. So is this, is this static information that's moving on the ground like you would see on the military, like field ops where, you know, you're getting constant movement and data and information being fed back to the troops on the front line, or is this stuff that is slowly releasing? I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer there. Um, I, plus, these companies like, you know, 3M is the one that makes these N95 masks. If, if the government put in an order for 700 million of them, could, could they produce? I mean, could, do they have the capacity to, you know, the, the lines to do that? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what the capacity of these companies are, but um, one thing I, one thing I know is I don't, I don't think they could, I mean, they probably have X amount of workers and X amount of machines that make these masks. I don't, I don't think they could tool up, to do that. I mean, just like the ventilators, the ventilators are, I mean, he's had to sign the, the weapons authorization act or defense authorization act where he's basically force handing certain companies to make ventilators and other products and stuff. I just, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I just I, the question just ultimately like I think Trump has done a fantastic job getting the economy up and going and and you know boosting the economy. I think he's fantastic at that. I just see where I watch him on TV and I'm so confused at what I'm supposed to be doing. Um and even just the whole idea of just wearing a mask. You know, you ask him you know, what are you supposed to do with a mask? Well, you know, the recommendation is to wear the mask. Well, are you going to wear a mask? No, I don't need one. Like, come on, man. You're the, you're the leader of the world. Well, he's also not in public at all, probably. Yeah, but he's he said, well, I'm meeting dignitaries. I'm meeting this. It wouldn't be good if I had to wear is a he? mask. If you're meeting people, you need to wear a mask. Like, that would be my thought, right? They're getting Lysol in the face before they come in, probably. <laughs> Probably. Well, it, it, he's he's. I think the ironic thing is, is he's being asked questions by reporters who are not wearing masks. If he's going to wear a mask, I think that's the kind of the Alyssa Milano hypocritical moment where they're beating him down. Why? I mean, why isn't you know the Washington Post and New York Times reporter sitting there with a mask on? I don't know. Well, and I haven't seen I haven't seen any interviews since he said that, so they could be. I don't know. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're not. If I, was I, the, I watched like, one today. They're not security. I. I'd have the everyone like handing out masks when you walk in the door, you know. Yeah. You well, we don't have enough. <laughs> we get, 
Well, I know I know a website that you can we get can them at though. Tear the sheets off of a bed in the Lincoln bedroom and uh, make a mask. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the the ending questions. I'm not going to keep going on this, but but uh, one of the the last one of the questions it says is, um, somebody could have done a better job. It could have been Hillary, Jeb Bush, Mike Pence, really almost anybody else in the United States would have been uh, better suited and prepared to do this job. Um, I, I just look at Trump's attitude and his uh, demeanor, and some. I, I really do think that somebody else could have done a much better job, at least handling this pandemic. Um, I don't know. It's well, just I mean, just cho- choose a choose a. Fict- I guess flesh this out. Choose a fictional character that you want to put in there. How could they have handled it better? Absolutely, uh, Jack. I, I mean, how, how, I mean <laughs> but I mean, saying how how could they? I mean, I, I mean, my inquiring mind wants to know, in your opinion, how how he could have handled it better. I mean, not saying he's handling perfect. I'm just saying that how could he have handled it better? Sure. Well, and I think part of it goes to what producer Brian was saying was the fact that you got to surround yourself with people that are competent of what they're doing. Putting your your son in law in there probably isn't the best option, you know for 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 that and um so and you know trump is just so egotistical that he's not i i honestly don't think and and he said it even fauci said you know you need to stay away you don't need to touch your face you don't need to even at the beginning of this and what was he doing touching his face being around people um so i mean he's not listening to what his advisors are saying which we we know that that's pretty point blank for for trump to do like that's that's his modus operandi just kind of does his own thing and screw everybody else but in a time where i think you need to listen to the experts um i don't know if he's really listening to the experts and into your case i don't know what's going into his ear um but i think that somebody somebody that's known for dividing the country um isn't bringing people together through this and i and i think that Somebody probably could have, you know. I don't see. I don't think so. No. Once again, this is just my opinion. In two thousand eight, two thousand eight, we we elected Barack Obama, who was supposed to be America's uh, reparation moment, where we were supposed to be forgiven of all our racial sins uh, that our forefathers committed, and this great sense of unity was supposed to come forward um, in our country, and. What happened? It never did. We we grew further and further apart. We we hopped in our seg- segregated boats due to politics, ec- economy, color, creed, you know, sexual orientation, sexual preference, sexual eighty three genders, whatever it was. We just started. We started hopping into these different boats, and we we divided. I'm not saying Trump when he was elected automatically unified us. No, I I mean. Hell, the last four years have been nothing but divide. You're either in two camps, just like always. Right. Um, as far as having um, uh, having qualified people, uh, I'm pretty sure, like the people that I've seen on stage and speaking, Dr. Burke, Dr. Fauci, um, the Surgeon General, uh, these guys are pretty much top notch experts in their field. Uh, I mean, Fauci, especially, he was right there on the forefront of the HIV and AIDS epidemic in the 80s. Um, he is a well-respected infectious 
disease the doctor. I mean, um, does does him and Trump differ on opinions? Yeah, but also Trump has the Trump also has the weight of uh, throwing us into the Great Depression right now, a new Great Depression. So you had, I don't care who the president was; it could have been Obama or you know. Hillary, whoever, uh, forcing our economy into the Great Depression is a is a great weight that's on anybody's shoulders, along with trying to also protect the populace and citizenry. Um, as far as like, I think you, I think you may have spoke like um, Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, is actually an economic advisor um, and part of his inner circle as far as the foreign affairs and things like that. I think you meant to say is about his his son, I think, um, far as I know, his son's a very educated guy. It's not like he's, you know, it's not like my dad nominating me. Who's part, I'm partially stupid to run, you know, some advisor. I think he's actually a pretty qualified guy. I think, um, and a lot of economic aspects and things like that. I'm not exactly sure what he's having to do with this. To be honest with you. Um, I just don't, I, I mean, if we play back and just said, all right, Hillary was here. How would Hillary actually, have done a better job of this. I, I I don't know. I mean, I will. We can only we can only guess at that. I, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, we can't know. That, that's it. I mean, it's all hypothetical. Yeah, we, can't. we can just hope. We, we can hope for or be wishful that somebody could have done better, but that doesn't help our current situation. Yeah. Well, and it's it's his son-in-law is the commander in chief of the national medical supply chain. Um, but and, and here's the other thing: like nine eleven hit, right? And then Bush, you know, got up on, you know, uh, at the wall and gave us the big speech, and we felt reassured. Um, you know, Obama had uh, Osama bin Laden killed. We all felt like, hey, we're together in this. We can do it. Has there been a moment in time where we've looked at our president and felt, like, confident in what he's saying, and two, like, it's going to be okay? And and I don't think he's he's— been able to reassure us of that. Well, nine eleven. Uh, I'll let's take nine eleven. Let's take them individually. Nine eleven was a moment where we were attacked by an enemy that we could actually see. Now we couldn't we couldn't place a flag or a uniform or a badge or anything like that just because that was an enemy that was something we hadn't basically an an enemy that we helped create through our our CIA operations in our, in Afghanistan, but. Um, an enemy that we you know had no nationality, but it was an enemy that we could all commonly hate. And of course, we remember the good things about that, as far as the patriotism that sprung up, the American flags, the ribbons around trees, and things like that. That was a unifying moment for everybody. Because everybody it didn't matter if you were a Republican or a Democrat or uh, whatever. We all were in this battle together. We we felt like we 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 felt like we knew someone who got killed that day because we watched it. We can't watch this. Um, when Obama kill, Obama ordered the killing of uh, uh, Bin Laden, that was kind of a unifying moment, also because that was one of our. That's like killing Darth Vader. That was an enemy of the world. You know, the most hated, one of the most hated guys in the world. This is something we can't see. We don't have any way to place it. We just we have. It, it's just a, a fictional thing until it hits you. And I don't know, maybe that's just my opinion on how I see things, but it's, we're, we're, as a society, we're more visual. If we have something, a picture on a, on a, on a wanted poster, that's something visual that we can all, we can all equally hate. 
but um, I just don't I don't see any Pearl Harbor unifying moments we've had during this because we just don't have anything to see. Yeah. We can put up a picture of that little scary coronavirus-looking <laughs> thing. That thing's pretty nasty looking. <laughs> no it doubt. scares me. No right? doubt. It's kind of cute, though, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I don't know. We'll see. You know, we'll see how this whole thing turns out. It's obviously, we're, there's nothing else to do. I right? might as well just play around. Yeah. But um, I don't know. It was just an interesting article, I thought. Yeah. We'll have the, that in our show notes. and So if you want to read it, you can. I just... I think that we have to, you know, like we said earlier, with Alyssa Milano or Trump or whoever, like just um, both sides have got to be, you know, judged accordingly. You know, as as fair and as as Fox News says, as fair as a balance as we can. But anyway, just my two cents. All right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Yeah, we appreciate you guys tuning in once again. Make sure you go to our website at southernfriedphilosophy.com. Um, you can check out our playable links there. Also, go to our Facebook page at Southern Fried Philosophy. Um, wherever you listen to your podcast, just hit subscribe. And, uh, give us a review, a rating. Share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and again, thank you guys for tuning in so much. And, man, we need to say this more now more than ever. Keep looking up. No matter what the doctor said, Dr. Jesus says difference. Come on. I say Corona be gonna. 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 Corona be gonna.